Hey, Cracked fans. We are so excited to be welcoming our friends at Turna back to this show as a supporting sponsor moving forward. Now, of course, all of you tennis fans know Turna Tennis for their world-famous Turna grip, that iconic purple-colored grip you see on the rackets of so many different professional tennis players. But did you also know that they make the tackiest grip in the world? That's right, folks, the brand-new Turna Tennis Mega Tack Grip. It's the tackiest grip on the market. It starts tacky and, simply put, stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there. And if you tell your opponent, what do I use on my racket? I use the Mega Tack. You're going to be attacking with that Mega Tack from start to finish. If you've seen anything we do at Cracked Rackets, you know I'm a hairy guy. As you can imagine, I sweat when I play. The only grip that works for me is the Turn of Tennis grip. Of course, the Mega Tack taking things to the next level. How can you get yourself hooked up with a Turn of Grip today? It's simple. You're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis goods. Or you can email them directly by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. That's sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets sent you in the email. We would greatly appreciate that as they let you, them know that we sent you there. But more importantly, you get a free sample and they'll treat you as family moving forward. Again, you email sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets. You get the free sample. You get hooked up with our friends at Turner. Once you use a Turner Grip, you're never going to turn anywhere else. Of course, again, ask them about the mega tack the tackiest grip on the market contact sales at uniquesports.com and get started with our friends at turn to tennis today welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I will offer my picks for each and every day of the 2022 Wimbledon. Now, listeners of our Crack Rackets podcast will know this is always an aspect of the tournament we enjoy. What's the point of tuning in to the WTA and ATP Tour day in, day out, week in, week out, if you can't have fun? with the knowledge you've gained. If you can't engage with the tournaments as they unfold, there are so many different fun ways to do that, whether that be placing wagers with your friends, whether that be participating in Tennis Channel's Bracket Challenge, which I am so excited to see that they have brought back, or maybe it's by placing a wager with the various sports books that offer odds on the 2022 Wimbledon. Now, of course, we here at Cracked Rackets want to have some fun over the next two weeks. As such, what I'm going to do each and every day, and I do apologize this first episode coming to you all later than I would like, but every day around 4, 5 p.m. Eastern time, tune on in to your Great Shot podcast feed. I will have an episode up for all of you listeners where I offer my picks on the next day's action. Of course, the odds I'm going to be referring to come from our friends over at DraftKings. I'll also frequently be referring to the Tennis Abstract singles forecast, try to point you all in the correct direction, whether that be so that you can get the edge on your friends, know where the upsets are going to happen before they happen. Maybe it is participating in that racket bracket challenge, or perhaps you want to put some money in your pocket. Hopefully, my picks will be able to allow all of you to do just that over the course of the fortnight that is Wimbledon. But again, we want to have some fun on this segment. If I see any of our listeners harassing players because a bet went awry, we will immediately 
immediately speak out against you. That is unacceptable behavior. Again, the purpose of this to have fun, to engage with the tennis that we see unfolding, and to put myself on the record. I watch all of this tennis, like to fashion myself an expert in the action that is unfolding as such. Let me put my money where my mouth is. Offer some picks to all of you day in, day out. I'll track my progress each and every day on this show, offer you all an update at the start of each show, and then get into it, whether it be the money line picks, whether it be the underdogs I'm looking at, the game spreads, the overs on sets, on total games in a match. Of course, it would not be a Great Shot Podcast Ace of the Day segment if I did not offer a parlay or two throughout the tournament. We'll look at the futures odds as well, try to find value wherever we can each and every day uh, with the 2022 Wimbledon. Of course, a massive shout out to our friends at Turna for their support of this podcast. You all know the deal to join the Turna family today, whether it be to get yourself an endless supply of Turna grips, the best grips in the business, whether it be their award-winning strings or countless other products they offer. You can learn more about the Turna family by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. That's sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned we sent you the hook you up with discounted pricing, hook you up with some free samples as well. Again, so grateful for their support. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Email sales at uniquesports.com today to learn more about what Turna is offering with that said, let's get into it. Day one of the 2022 Wimbledon. Here are my picks, my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the money lines. And of course, day one in the early round action at Grand Slam, always going to be difficult from a money line perspective. Certainly, you look at players like a Novak Djokovic, a Matteo Berrettini, who feel like sure things in their first round matches, right? Well, unfortunately, each of those players as such going to be lopsided favorites in their matches. Dittos with the Igo Svantecs of the world, the Coco Goths of the world, the players who will be obvious favorites on day one. That obviousness is going to be reflected in the odds offered by these sports books. These sports books aren't in the business of losing money. I'm not telling any of you listeners something you don't already know, but as such, I tend to veer away from direct money line picks or super parlays on day one because the value you're offered just not that great. There were some money lines that stood out. Certainly, you look on the women's side, the single odds I might bet. If you p- feel particularly strong, about Lisa Cherenko, who, according to Tennis Abstract, 76.6% favorite over wildcard, I believe, Judy, uh, Jody Burrage, excuse me, of Great Britain. Minus 210 are the odds being offered by our friends at DraftKings. You can also get minus two and a half, three and a half games at about minus 150 odds in that match. Again, you get better value with the game spread right away, but I could be talked into a Serenko over Burridge. Maybe you use that as a leg of a parlay. That is an intriguing one to me. Sebastian Baez, minus 125 over Taro Daniel. Now you look at that match again from a tennis abstract perspective. It's not as though Baez is a significant favorite. Well, excuse me, it is Baez a significant favorite, 70.6%. But of course, those odds narrowed given the fact that Baez has not played very many grass court matches in his career. Taro Daniel, while not exactly a grass court specialist, has at least played a main draw at Wimbledon and been around the grass court circuit more frequently in his career. As such, you can get Baez as low as minus 125. Again, 70.6% favorite, according to Tennis Abstract. 
I don't think Taro Daniel does anything particularly better than Sebastian Baez. Sure, Sebastian Baez's serve is a liability on this surface, but it's a liability on every surface compared to the rest of his game. Yes, Taro Daniel will take that return early on the rise, go big down the line, stress the movement of Baez, but Baez will do that on the Daniel serve. And I just think Sebastian Baez has more variety in his game. I think he's a little bit better as a volleyer. Again, I'm giving you a pitch for a match I'm not ultimately picking, but Baez minus 125 is probably my favorite individual favorite money line of the day. Thus, I guess perhaps you're thinking you're going to lock in and bet on Taro Daniel early. Don't doubt me, folks. I'm feeling good heading into this 2022 Wimbledon. Some other individual money lines just to run through them. Daniel Altmaier minus 120. Over Mikhail Emer. Emer, of course, physically just such a tough out. Going to put ball after ball after ball on the court. But on this surface, the ball striking, the aggressiveness of Daniel Altmaier. I like how he played in the warm-up to Wimbledon. I like him from a matchup perspective as well. You know, Emer not necessarily the biggest weapons to over one that run that Altmaier one-handed backhand. Again, I said I was going to go quickly. So some underdogs I like on the day. Korpots, you know, my plus 190 over Watson. Munar, plus 130 over Montero. You've got Wang Shi Yu plus 205 over Niemeyer. If you're feeling adventurous, Benoit Pair plus 245 over Quinton Halee. Certainly the creativity of Benoit Pair, the angles, the drop shots, the serve and volleys, the experience advantage over uh, former top 10 junior in the world in Quinton Halee, but who 25, 26 years old really hasn't popped in the top 50 yet. I mean, bet on Benoit Pair at your own behest, but plus 245 Benoit Pair is certainly interesting as an under dog. Maybe he wins the first set. You live bet against him the rest of the way. Um, you know, the other one, I said Benoit Pair, Bernardo Pera, plus 400 over Annette Contefe. We just haven't seen a lot of Annette Contefe. She hasn't been healthy. Bernardo Pera, always a tough out. Again, that's a stay away for me, but certainly an intriguing underdog on the day. Now, there are other favorites who I enjoy, and if you want to throw them together in a parlay, I can understand why, and I want to talk about those players a little bit later, but in terms of the individual money line I'm betting on tomorrow, I've only got one for you, but I feel pretty good in taking underdog Alejandro Tabilo plus 155 tomorrow against Laszlo Jir. Now, of course, if you are a longtime listener of our mini break podcast feed, you know I have talked rather frequently about the 25-year-old Alejandro Tabilo this season when he reached the final in Cordoba at the start of the year before getting knocked out by Albert Ramos Vinoles. That was a significant result, a first ATP final for the 25-year-old. Of course, he followed that up a little bit later during the uh, clay court season by, you know, reaching a quarterfinal in Munich and, you know, making deep runs, whether it be in Santiago the next week where he knocks out Green and Kesmetovic before three set loss to Pedro Martinez. I thought, uh, Alejandro Tabilo was one of the breakthrough players of the clay court season. Now, unfortunately, wasn't able to play the main draw of the French Open, where I think he absolutely would have done damage. But you look for Alejandro Tabilo, healthy-ish. I would say fairly healthy, 90 over the 90% threshold, the significance of are you healthy enough to play or not threshold he needs to be at. And again, the 25-year-old lefty does a lot of things that I think will excel on a grass court throughout the course of his career. You look for Alejandro Tabilo, who holds 83.3% of the time at the challenger level this season. And, you know, again, six foot five, able to throw in the big lefty slice out wide, comfortable serving volleyer, likes to throw in 
in the drop shots, play the short angles, take his lefty forehand on the rise. I've said it before. There's a lot of Nick Kyrgios, not only in the body stature and physical comparison of Alejandro Tabilo, but in the game style that he plays. And if you look for Alejandro Tabilo, hasn't been exactly a stellar grass court season, knocked off three and three by Hatchinov, knocked off two and three by Quinton Halise, gets wins over Meadler and Verdasco before forced to withdraw down a set and a break to last week's finalist, Benjamin Bonzi, in the event in uh, Mallorca. But I, I still... Again, this is a long-term projection. I think the six foot five Tabilo is going to be successful on this surface. He likes to move forward. He wants to shorten some points. Now he's comfortable grinding, and the majority of his success, you look for him overall in his career, seventy-two and fifty-three at the challenger level. Fifty-two of those seventy-two victories have come on clay courts. Uh, of course, Tabilo won a challenger at the end of last season, made a final earlier this year, reached a semifinal in Sarasota as well. I'm a fan. Of Tabilo inside the top 100 for the first time this season, currently sitting at number 80. Now, this is his first Wimbledon main draw of his career, and you look for Alejandro Tabilo in his career at Grand Slams. Has only won one match in his career. That was the 2020 Australian Open, beat Daniel Galan in five sets. First Wimbledon main draw. I think it's going to go well because you look on the other side of the net, he's taking on 27-year-old Laszlo Jur, and no disrespect to Laszlo Jur, who's been a staple of the top 50 really for the past three, four, five seasons, and Jur, whose bread and butter will always be on the clay courts. You look for him earlier this season, made you know second-round French before getting knocked out by Medvedev, second-round Rome, but comes through qualifying there. Round of 16, Monte Carlo, Masters, and semifinal Marrakesh, he brought home the bacon. Did what he needed to do to stay inside the top 75 throughout the course of the clay court season, but grass courts have never been a place where he's excelled. You look for Jer throughout the course of his career on the grass courts, and again, it's not as though Tabilo has the massive track record of success, but Laszlo's 3-9 and nine in his career on grass. The wins over Henry Squire, Guido Andraze, and Pablo Cuevas. Cuevas maybe to an extent, but none of the other guys have the weapons, the ability to move forward in the way that an Alejandro Tabilo does. Similarly, you look for Laszlo Jury over his career, and Alejandro Tabilo, again, a little hunched back the way that uh, Nick Kyrgios is, so you don't really see the full frame, but Alejandro Tabilo quietly see six foot two is what he's listed it feels bigger than that feels like he plays bigger than that as well you look for Laszlo in his career 11 and 22 against players over six foot four he's 43 and 45 against players over six foot two Again, why do I bring up those two stats? I think against big servers, Laszlo struggled. Big serve into that Laszlo Jir forehand, that forehand in extreme grip. It just makes him uncomfortable. And yeah, his backhand is smooth, but I just think this match is going to be on Tabilo's terms. And again, at plus 155, hopefully I've made the strong enough case. What's the biggest weapon on the serve? It's uh, on the court. It's the lefty serve of Alejandro Tabilo. And, you know, whether it's Jack Draper, Antoine Bellier, you know, Ryan Penniston, all these lefties with big serves seem to be having success who are comfortable moving forward during this grass court stretch. I think Tabilo's another guy on those lists, on that list. I'm sticking with the theme for my one money line underdog pick of the big lefties have success. I'll go Tabilo plus 155 over Laszlo Jura. Only half a unit to win 0.77 
because Laszlo's a fighter, and again, Tabilo's only won the one match in a slam in his career. But give me Alejandro Tabilo to earn the upset victory, at least from a uh, it, from an odds perspective, according to Tennis Abstract, you look over all Alejandro Tabilo is a slight underdog tomorrow, 45.6%. We're going to ride the dog. We'll take Tabilo. And again, if he wins that first set, this is where I always feel like I should remind you. Live betting is critical in tennis. You take an underdog, they win the first set. The favorite then becomes the underdog. You can live bet on them. You're guaranteeing yourself money no matter what. So if nothing else, I think Tabilo gets off to a hot start tomorrow. And then if you're not feeling comfortable with his performance, you can always live bet Laszlo the rest of the way. With all of that said, here are some players I just think straight up are going to win tomorrow. And there's more value in taking their game spread than there is in taking their money line odds. The players I am confident in as favorites. Let's start on the women's side. Anne Lee has not had the most successful season I've expected, has not had the breakout year she seemed destined to have given how strongly she ended the end of last season. Of course, you look for Anne Lee at the end of last year was able to, you know, win the title in Tenerife and, you know, make a deep run. I believe it was that second week of, uh, you know, that next week she ultimately made another run in Cormayor as well before getting knocked off by Clara Tossin. You know, Anne Lee, former top 10 junior in the world, one of the young Americans that has been circled for quite some time. If you run in those circles, Ann Lee's been pretty rock solid, you know, throughout the course of uh, of the last at least, you know, 52 weeks against players ranked outside the top 50. Look for Ann Lee last season. She went 21-8 and eight overall against players ranked outside the top 50. You look for her this season, 7-5 and five overall. But, you know, again, all of the losses, she, you know, I believe it's one, two, three of the losses she's taken in three sets. One of them she had to retire from. Ann Lee is beating the players she's supposed to beat. And if you watched Ann Lee in the grass court warmups, yes, she lost 6-2-7-6 in Berlin first round to Coco Goff. If you actually watched that match, incredible tennis, particularly in the second set. Lee was able to match the firepower of Goff, was hitting the return of serve so cleanly, was, you know, striking the ball so was driving the ball so well and so purely through the court. And those weapons are just a problem on this surface. Ann Lee has the ability to drive you on your back foot. And of course, Ann Lee, for whatever it's worth, former junior Wimbledon finalist, has some pedigree on this surface. She's taking on a player tomorrow in Lucia Bronzetti, the 23-year-old out of Italy, who I just think she has the weapons advantage on. Now, you look for Bronzetti, a win over Kaya Yuvan, a win over Milkyut Skyta in these warm-up events. So it has, you know, two wins to Ann Lee's one. And for uh, Bronzetti, lost the match. Three sets to Harmony Tan, straight sets to Angelique Kerber as well. Neither's grass court resume is going to blow you out of the water. You look for Bronzetti, those two matches she played at the tour level here uh, this week. And her only, or these past couple of weeks, her only grass court matches in her career, uh, you know, two and two on the surface. This was her first exposure, of course, 72 in the world, reached a career high, 71 earlier in June. You know, first Wimbledon main draw for Bronzetti. You look for Ann Lee on the flip side, obviously the 21-year-old soon to turn 22. Happy birthday today, Ann Lee. Here Sunday, 26. It's her birthday. So this is a birthday bet. I can even justify it by that, but you look for Ann Lee overall in her career 
on the grass courts, leave at least, you know, 10 matches to her name and, you know, was a, a, the first Wimbledon main draw for her this season, but has a a larger sample size on this surface. And again, I just think her weapons overwhelm, Bron- overwhelm Bronzetti. What's Bronzetti going to do to hurt Anley in this match? You look for Bronzetti, who really successful in terms of breaking serve, was breaking serve 50% of the time at the ITF level over the past few years. And uh, certainly for her career, 39.6% at the WTA level. That's a top 20 sort of number. But, you know, again, I just, I think Bronzetti's serve is going to be target practice for Ann Lee. And I think in the matches that she's lost on the grass court here to a Chris Kirsten Flipkins, to a Coco Goff, to an Amanda Nisimova, those are players with weapons that, with all due respect to Lucia Bronzetti, I just don't think she possesses. So I think Ann Lee wins tomorrow comfortably. I think she's going to break serve with ease throughout the course of the match. And as such, I think she's just going to be out in front and be able to take a few more chances on serve. You can get Ann Lee minus three and a half games tomorrow for minus 120. So again, minus three and a half games, six, four, six, four better. That gets the job done. I just don't think Brunzetti's going to be able to keep pace with the serve. You know, again, Brunzetti's had an outstanding season in a vacuum, certainly better uh, than and Lee, but Bronzetti's also been playing 60K events and you know, 125K events. She had an outstanding clay court season, uh, making a semifinal in Rabat, but we're not on clay courts anymore. We're on the grass courts. You look for Bronzetti in her career against opponents ranked inside the top 50, which I know Ann Lee is not quite right now, but in my opinion, she will be. Uh, Bronzetti, two and six in her career. Her two victories over players in Parises Diaz and Tamjanovic, who A, both took her to three sets. B, uh, are players who will match, or you know, whose physicality Bronzetti can match. I just think, again, it's the weapons that will allow Ann Lee to win out. So give me Ann Lee, minus three and a half games, minus 120, one unit to win 0.83 in return. That's ace of the day, number one on the women's side, ace of the day, number two on the women's side involving the game spread. Give me Katarina Sinyakova, minus three and a half games tomorrow over Maya Chavalanska. Look, Chavalinska has had a fantastic season to date, 34 and 15 overall in her last 52 weeks and 32 and 9 here this season. That includes, you know, multiple finals and titles at the 25K level, at the 60K level. You look for her in her career. She's never played a top 50 opponent. And again, for the 20-year-old Chavalinska, who, by the way, October 11th, that's my roommate Michael has a party's birthday, so shout out to the October 11th crew. He now is a player to root for. Sorry, those things happen. Uh, Chavalanska, uh, 172 in the world. It's career high for her uh, right now. Currently, again, sitting a, clearly the 20-year-old is in the midst of a breakthrough right now, but she's 0-2 against top 100 players in her career in terms of career matches on grass courts. The only time she has played grass court tennis, uh, you know, qualifying here at Wimbledon, where she earned three three-set victories over, impressively, Vandeve, Balsova, Kadantu. She also played the 100K in Ilkley, where she reached the quarterfinals before getting knocked out by Volinets, qualifying Wimbledon last year, knocked out first round by Clara Burrell. Yes, she is building her way up. But, you know, Katarina Sinyakova, while she hasn't had the biggest season, she doesn't play around, and not on this surface either. You look for her here in 2022. Uh, you know, look, uh, for Sinyakova, 8-11 overall in the year. But who are the losses to? Goff, Conteve, Pagula, Sakari, Rabakina, Fernandez, Bianca, 
Halep are eight of the 11 losses, not a single bad one in that list. And, you know, again, the fact that here on the grass courts this year, she loses to Bianca Andreescu, three sets first round Berlin. She loses to Simona Halep, three sets first round Berlin. She's been tested on this surface already this season. Even if the wins aren't there, you look for her in her career on grass courts, 18 and 18 overall. Uh, But of course, that includes a run to the final of Bad Hamburg last season. That also includes runs for her to the Wimbledon third round in 2018, Wimbledon third round in 2016 as well. I mean, again, it's an experience advantage. You look for uh, Katerina Sinyakova at Wimbledon alone throughout the course of her career. Sinyakova, 7-6 and overall. You look for her opponent in terms of just overall at the Grand Slam level in her career. Chavalanska, just 3-5. and Give me the experience of Sinyakova, who really has played well on this surface and whose aggression, the flatness of her stroke, her, her willingness to move forward, her comfort moving forward. Again, experience advantage. Power advantage. I think Sinyakova cruises. You can get her minus three and a half games, which again, just a 6-4, 6-4 victory at minus 155. Not the best odds, but that feels like a sure thing. Let's lock in that one unit to win 0.64. Sinyakova minus three and a half games tomorrow to advance to round number two. In terms of, again, the other spreads I like on the day on the women's side because I do think there are some favorites, right? Like an Own Jabour or an Ali Risk. They're both over minus 500 from a money line perspective. But if you think they're going to earn blowout victories, minus five and a half games, Jabour, minus 255, still a little rich. Maybe you parlay her with something. Risk, minus five and a half games, minus 155. Kalnina, minus four and a half games over Bondar. I just think Kalnina grinds her down. Minus 120 is interesting. You know, again, on the flip side, in Osorio, plus five and a half games over Mertens. Osorio just keeps matches close. She makes you uncomfortable. So all of those interesting to me. There are some over two and a half sets as well. You know, Paracontave, because we just don't know, and that's form. Osorio, Mertens, plus 205 for both of those. The Seville, Tomovas, you know, Inglis's Golfies of the world. You can find the whole list on our website, CrackRackets.com. But I do think there are some more over-unders, some spreads that are worth entertaining, if not individually Maybe you throw them into parlays as well. All of those picks available on the website, crackrackets.com. On the men's side, I'm going to roll with two other Americans to cover minus five and a half game spreads. Let's start with Tommy Paul, who, if you've watched this grass court season unfold, Tommy's been excellent. Throughout the course of it for Tommy, you look, it's certainly last week. It was uh, a fun run for him as he ultimately uh, reaches, what was it, quarterfinals for him uh, to in, uh, I believe, Eastbourne. And, you know, the week before, yes, quarterfinals in Queen Club as well. His two losses to Berrettini and Demonauer. No shame in those losses on a grass court. Tommy Paul, 39-26 and 26 in his last 52 weeks, 20-16 and 16 overall this season, but has reached, what, one, two, three, four, now six. Six quarterfinals in the 16 events he's played. I mean, he's solidified his spot in the top 50 and is seated at a grand slam for the first time in his career as such. And I mean, again, for Tommy to get to those quarterfinals, wins over Chapo, Wawrinka, Sinner, and Sarundalo. He's been tested on this surface. If you've watched him play, the aggression with which he's playing from the baseline, turning into every ball, using his athleticism phenomenally to cut angles off, get to the net and beat you to the spot, take that ball early on the rise, a fantastic mover on this surface. Just his athleticism seems to thrive here. 
Uh, you look for Tommy Paul overall in his career. Does he have the track record of success of his opponent, Fernando Verdasco? Absolutely not. And you look for Tommy in his career, just 10 and 8 overall on grass courts. And that includes uh, qualifying victories that he's accumulated. But you look for Fernando Verdasco overall, 36 and 42 is Verdasco since pandemic play resumed in August 2020. You look for him at the ATP level. Verdasco's 8 and 17 Overall, in ATP matches since the, that start of August 2020, you look for him at the Grand Slams during this stretch. Two and four with wins over Fasundo Mina and Demir Zumher, both of them coming in qualifying. Fernando Verdasco, currently ranked 111 in the world, turns 39 years old in November. He's not the Fernando Verdasco of 2007, 2010. And, you know, you look for Fernando Verdasco in his career on grass courts. Verdasco, uh, 57 and 46 overall. But, you know, again, when was the last time Verdasco did something significant at Wimbledon? Well, I guess he did make the round of 16 in 2019. But again, it's been a. If that's your argument in favor of him, go look at the stats I just listed. The, you know, again, 8 and 17 at the ATP level since the start of August 2020. It's just a different Fernando Verdasco. I think the athleticism of Tommy, who has always been comfortable against left-handers. You look for Tommy Paul in his career against left-handed players, which, of course, Verdasco notably is. Tommy, 38 and 14 overall in his career against lefties. Yeah. Give me Tommy Paul, minus five and a half games over Verdasco, minus 140. One unit on that to win 0.71. I'm also going to take Francis Tiafo at minus five and a half games tomorrow over Andrea Vavasori. Of course, Vavasori qualifying for Wimbledon. Uh, this is going to be his first main draw at a slam. You look for Vavasori, uh, played qualifying at both slams this year, reached a career high 233 earlier in the year. The 27 year old currently sitting at two. 55 in the rankings for Vavasori in his career against top 100 players. Four and five overall has wins over a Fucevic, which he earned back in 2020, beat Gianluca Major earlier this season, but just four and five in his career in uh, against top 100 opponents. And you look for him overall in terms of ATP level matches he's played. This is just his second ATP main draw. Francis Tiafo, the number 23 seed, upset Stefano Tsitsipas here last season. You know, uh, again, for Tiafo, tough run for him in the buildup to the grass court season. Loses 7-6, 6-7, 7-6 to Wawrinka in Queens Club. Loses, you know, up a set and, uh, you know, leading Sasha Bublik. Ends up dropping that second 7-6 and loses the third 6 love. It was a tough buildup for Francis Tiafo. It's been a tough 2022 overall. Outside of the final in Estoril and round of 16 in Miami, you know, Tiafo's 12 and 13 overall in the season. And even though there aren't points being offered at this Wimbledon, this is just the perfect place for him to reset things, refocus heading into an extraordinarily important for his ranking and overall perspective. Uh, American hardcore summer, a place where he always seems to thrive. And so, again, this presents an opportunity for him against Vavasor. Vavasori, fewer than 10 career top 100 matches. And you look for Vavasori in his career, I believe, has never played, or excuse me, 0-1 against top 100 opponents. Played Shapovalov in Stockholm last season. The top 50 opponents, excuse me. I just think Francis's weapon should win out. I think his physicality should win out. And I think at minus five and a half games, which again, for both he and Tommy, four, four, and four. That's all it's got to be. Even 
six, four, and three, or you know, straight set victories should even on a grass court. I think minus five and a half games. There should be one lopsided set, certainly if not for Francis, I think for Tommy as well. I think both of these guys cruise comfortably tomorrow, and I honestly very much considered parlaying them because I believe it gets it up to plus 210, but we'll just take them individually for now, and we'll take Tiafo as well, minus 165 against Vavasori, minus five and a half games. We'll take one unit to win 0.6 overall. Those are my aces of the day from the, again, individual pick perspective. Now, there are a lot of futures, a lot of parlays on the board that I was intrigued by. It's just still, you know, I never feel great. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on more futures after the first round is played. We see how healthy everyone looks, how the surface seems to be playing, just get our bearings for the tournament. But, you know, again, there were so many favorites I enjoyed, but it's just like you, if you parlay Penniston over Laxanen, Kalnina over Bondar, Garcia over Miyazaki, Kostyuk over Swan, and David Goffin over Radu Elbad, five fairly significant favorites. It's only plus 292 odds. And again, only one of those players have to lose to parlay. So for players like Sinyakova at minus 285 or Ann Lee minus 215, I just like the game spread a bit better tomorrow. You know, an Elkaraz at minus 400, a, you know, Isner at minus 475. There's just not a lot of value playing a Benchich minus 475 or, you know, again, Kalnina minus 400, just not a ton of odds, uh, great odds in those matches. And in the past, I may have pressed to try for an adventurous parlay early on. I'm not going to do that here on day one. I'm going to leave the parlay aside. You know, again, futures odds. You can put six units on Iga and then pick five other players you like. And, you know, again, if I was going to do that, I'd put six units on Iga to win plus 150. I still might do this. And then place a unit to win on Jabour, Kvitova, Ostapenko, Bencic, and Andrescu, the five other players I think most likely to win the tournament. You get six shots at it, or really seven shots at it. You can pick up to seven players. You get seven shots at the title. And if you bet enough on Iga and then one unit on the other six shots, it's free money. All that has to happen, free money. All that has to happen is one of those six or seven players wins, and then you put money in your pocket. Now, it's not a ton of money if you use all seven of your choices, but there's a lot there. The ones I would go with right now, Iga, Jabur, Kvitova, Ostapenko, Bencic, and Andrescu. I mean, on the men's side, if you're betting anyone but Djokovic, Berrettini, or Nadal, you're just asking for pain at this point. There are a lot of quarterfinal bets that are intriguing right now. The one I'm sticking with and the one I want to add here early on, own Jabour to win her quarter at plus 125. We're going to put two units on that to win plus 250. When you look at the own Jabour section of the draw, there just aren't any other blue chip players in her section. Again, as you go through the seeds and own Jabour, the number three seed here, Angelique Kerber made the semifinals last season at Wimbledon and, of course, is a former Wimbledon champion. We know her prowess on this surface. But quarterfinal loss, three sets to Alizé Cornet in Bad Hamburg. She looked good but not exceptional in the lead-up to this tournament. I would say she's Tier 2 contender at best, certainly not a Tier 1. I don't think Mertens or Kanepi would qualify as top-tier threats. Collins, Risk, Jang, you know, Radakanu. I don't think any of them do either. If you're really adventurous about a Van Utvank or a Sinyakova, maybe you throw them in Tier 2, but... This is Kerber's, uh, Jabour's section to lose, excuse me, 
pretty comfortably as well. And given what we saw from Own Jabour last year at Wimbledon, where she reached the second week, given what we saw from Jabour, you know, earlier here in the grass court season, yeah, she had to withdraw with an injury last week, but that felt more preventative than anything else. And, you know, there's a reason Own Jabour is your number three seed. There's a reason Own Jabour is number two right now in the points race on the season. One of just eight players to rank top 20 in both hold and break percentage, according to Tennis Abstract's draft leader, uh, stats leaderboard, excuse me. Own Jabour's been exceptional uh, throughout the course of this season. And, you know, again, winning a title in Berlin as she did, beating Goff, beating Benchich in the fashion that she did. I feel really good about Own Jabour coming into this Australian Open. And I think she will advance pretty comfortably through her quarter. So give me two units on Jabour to reach the semifinals plus 125. So we're going to win 250 when that one cashes in. Those are your aces of the day for day number one. And again, the pick amount will vary just based on the board on any given day. A recap of our day one aces of the day. Give me Tabilo plus 155 over Laszlo Jur, half a unit to win 0.77. And Lee at minus three and a half games, cover that spread over Bronzetti, minus 120, a full unit to win 0.83. Sinyakova, minus three and a half games over Chwalenska. Oh, excuse me for that pronunciation. Minus 155, one unit to win 0.64. Tommy Paul, minus five and a half games over Dasko, minus 141 unit to win 0.71. Tiafo, minus five and a half games over Vavasori, minus 165, one unit to win 0.6. And then a futures bet on Own Jabor to win her quarter, plus 125. Two units to win 2.5. Those are your picks for day one of the 2022 Wimbledon. Of course, we will be back tomorrow with our day two picks somewhere between the 4 and 5 p.m. hour Eastern time. We'll have picks for you every day throughout the fortnight of Wimbledon. Of course, daily recaps for you on the mini break podcast feed as well. All of our content available on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westa for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at Turna. Remember, email sales at uniquesports.com to join the Turna family today. With all that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turna, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Those are my day one Wimbledon GSP aces of the day. May the odds be ever in your favor, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, 
We do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 